out there. Welcome back to Banter Town. I am Johnny. John has the night off. <laughs> Don't you remember when uh, everyone listened to like uh, newscasts? Yeah. <laughs> and it's normally one person, but it's another person, and it'll yeah. say so and so has the day off. Yeah. Like we care about their day off. <laughs> it's like. I think my buddy Joey Aiello has a bit about that. It's the ultimate martyrdom. Uh, normally he's off on Tuesdays, but now it's Wednesdays. He's got to pick up some dry cleaning. Like we care about their... <laughs> Just tell us the news. <laughs> so hey, you got to do the intro. I did. <clears throat> You've been clamoring for it. No, I don't care. <clears throat> yeah. I just do this as a public service. Listen, episode 85, we needed to shake it up a little bit. We did. Yeah. We're going to keep our listeners guessing. That's right. You never know what's going to happen on Stay on your that. toes. We, you never know what we're about. Yeah. I wonder what stay on your toes really means. You ever try to stand on your toes? It's Unless hard. you're a ballerina, it's really difficult. Maybe it comes from that world. Like that comes from like, hey, girls, stay on your toes, or you failed at being a ballerina. I mean, I do understand that your, your foot has that crease in it where you take off. Your foot your toes. has a crease. What? Well, I... <laughs> what are you, John? That's a deformity. Well, your foot's not totally flat. It moves, Johnny. It has elasticity. That's not a crease. Well, I don't know what you call it. I'm, I'm making my fingers right your now. Your pants have a toes. crease right at the base of your toes. Uh, a greeting card has a crease. <laughs> if your foot has a crease, it's a bend. You have right angled your it's... foot in a horrible way. <laughs> All these years, <laughs> I was told my foot was normal. I've been walking on my toes. Yeah, no, I'm. what does it come from? Stay on your toes. There's no way to I wonder know. what break a leg comes from, like in the performance world. Break a leg. Well, I mean, surely, surely somewhere along the line. I mean, it's not supposed to be your leg, right? Are they supposed to laugh so hard you break leg. their leg? No, no, no. The idea is if you say good luck, it's bad luck. So you have to say something that's bad luck. So you tell is them. Is that what it is? Yeah. Because nobody says anything else. Like, right, you say break a leg. Get in a, a car wreck. Like nobody say, says... It's like if you say good luck, you jinx it. Yeah. So you tell them something horrible. I don't know why it's they'll break a leg. And Do you know the whole said. actor story about how you don't say Macbeth in a theater? Uh, yeah. You ever I, heard that? I don't know the, I don't know the back it's story. It's bad luck to say Macbeth. So you just say that play. Even if you're doing Macbeth, I think you just refer to it as the, the play. Yeah. Well, is this one of the most tragic storylines of all I don't know time? what it is. They think like the ghost of the... I haven't done any research on this, but I just knew actor people who would not say Macbeth in the theater. That's weird. That's weird. We didn't have any sort of like uh, paranoia or folklore about doing band stuff. Like there was never like a yeah. Don't just, say Leonard Skinner on a plane, right? You know, <laughs> which would be because <laughs> you know what I'm saying you don't. There wasn't that. We should have had that. That would have made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should create. We should create some sort of suspicion. About, yeah. There should. We should create our own folklore. Yeah, or a set of conspiracy theories and yeah. weird spiritual... Don't say Rick James in a Starbucks. <laughs> and there's no ex- explanation behind it. You just say, don't say it. Don't say it, even if you want. But why would you ever? <laughs> don't say Garage Band they don't, on a podcast. They don't play Rick James right. in Starbucks. Well, how do you know? Well, it's just, you know, it'd be weird to be getting your latte and hear Super Freak come on. Did, did you notice what was on this morning when we were eating breakfast at IHOP? No. So I'm in there a lot, and they play the Garth Brooks station. Yeah. It was a whiny Garth Brooks song. I remember that. It was kind of a, hey! It had like a, yeah. a, a staccato whine to he it. Had some, he had some, how'd I go again, by the way? <laughs> it started, it was like a pinched <laughs> off beginning note. This was like Garth at uh, Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, he's being waterboarded. <laughs> Something not good. You know, uh, but it's like his favorite songs, and he comes on and talks through them. Mm-hmm. So, dude, they had Living on the Edge, Aerosmith playing this morning. 
And, uh, and Garth Brooks was singing on Gar- No, Garth Brooks. Oh, he was just... Apparently, this is... These it's are, one of my favorites. So it's not all country. Yeah. It's like his playlist, like stuff he likes. But then he comes on, and before you got there, I was there early, and he was talking about Luke Bryan and like how Luke's like this incredible... So it's all this personal stuff. Like if you... He's the definition of a good guy. Like he's just... Luke Bryan Yeah, that's what he says. That's and, disappointing. Because you I want... Wanna, I want to dislike Luke Bryan. Yeah, people don't want to like him because he's the new country, right? And he's kind of... Well, I I, care, I new country, whatever. Him. There's a lot of new country that's good. I just think... He's an example of like just phone it in party party songs. He's not a sponsor, by the way. Yeah, but I, I told you the, the country song I'm going to write. That's just a continual stream. Of, I want to write. It's basically in my head to the music of "Ain't Going Down" of the sun comes up. Okay, so that okay. you know that real driving song, and you know that song six o'clock. She's rubbing. You know, you, you get into all these lines. Yeah. I want to write that. Like just a bunch of tie jeans, pickup truck, right? Mm-hmm. Bela hey. truck and going. I did a, I did refer- a couple like of the day, list. Yeah. but they all rhyme. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and then you act like you're going to break into a chorus and you take a big breath and you just keep coming back to that verse yeah. and just do it for like ten minutes until That's like a a, eventually it's just ridiculous. Let's develop like, that. That could be in my show. Like how long could we possibly? String Go. country cliches together, and like the the that band rhyme. bills, the drums bill. We're like, and no, we're back, and we just keep we, like it never. It's the whole song of cliche. Yeah, I was Luke Brown. There was a couple things like, okay, this isn't terrible, and then there's just the one that says, "Gonna sit right here on the edge of this pier, watch the sunset disappear, and drink a beer." So it's gonna have to have beer in there somewhere. And drink beer. That song won awards, I think. <sighs> I, I do. I'm gonna s- sit right here. I don't. Yeah. I on s- the edge of this pier. Drink a beer. <laughs> Watch the sunset disappear. Drink a beer. That's the song. I'm not. That's a, that guy. That's the song. Somewhere so, right now. But that I'm guy. So, so maybe he gives a lot to charity and he's a good dude and that's fun. But he may not have written that. True. That makes it even worse to yeah, me. That he was like, that's the one. Somebody out there. No, and then that there are people that go, that is the one, and we'll buy it, and we love it. Yeah. That makes me just sad for all of us. It's about the state of the consumer that's the problem. And maybe you're listening, and you go, well, that's one of my favorite songs. Yeah. You think you're better than that song, Johnny? No, I don't think I'm better. Stop. He listener. is better. Wait. I don't know. It's not that he thinks it. It's that it's true. Listen, I'm okay with mindless music. I can handle that. Like that's what instrumental, you know, is. Uh, you know, y- but some instrumental music is complicated and it's is. engaging. But yeah, there is a lot of there's a lot of fun music that I like. Yeah. So I, I won't say everything has to be deep and sad and no and heartfelt. Well, some some party songs are fun. Yeah, no, and I like that. I like it again. I think "Ain't Going Down to the Sun Comes Up." It, it, I'm not a country guy. Although if I was going to be, Garth would be my flavor. Garth's like, your guy. Would you have you ever seen them live? I have not. You know he's doing Neyland. You got to go. I know. He's yeah, doing, it's too late to he's get doing tickets. Neyland. You're going to pay $300 a pop if you want to yeah, go to that show. Yeah, that's the thing. It, Laura's been to a live Garth show. I mean, again, he's entertainer of the decade or whatever. Yeah, it's incredible. Multiple times. Like, I know he puts he on He could play a, a three-hour show. show and not do your favorite song. That's how many hits that's the crazy. guy has. Yeah. It's like we went and saw U2, and they're like that. Yeah. Like, they didn't even come close to playing my favorite U2 song. And yeah. it's just, that's yeah. the deal. So that's why I went to the Joshua Tree tour. Because they did the Joshua Tree front to back. Yeah, because that's your record. And that's my record. And, and they don't ever do a lot of those songs are really obscure, but they, do, they did uh, Run Into Stand Still, which is my favorite song. And it's really like slow and yeah. contemplative. And so they just don't do it. It's not high energy really enough for a U2 show. But they did it on that one because they had to play the whole record. That was part of the deal. So I was But didn't so happy. they decide the deal? 
They decided were to they deal, but I think... forced to play the record? Well, it was the 40th anniversary or whatever of that record, maybe. It's 40th? Uh, 1980? 30th? That's some staying power right there. 25th. 35th. I don't know. 35th yeah. record. 35th anniversary. No, I really, I really enjoy... Here's the thing. Like, I enjoy a good performance, and somebody yeah. who's a good performer, but I do think that when a song... In worship music, has been criticized for that, especially when it really took off and became like its own genre. You mean that it became too performance? It be- well, oriented? no, it became very much like what rhymes with Jesus. Oh, right. You know, he's here to please us. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, that, there's somebody wrote that. And, Jesus oh, is Lord, here to don't please tease us. us. You know, like everything got very. <laughs> it got very. Appease us. And, and I'm a worship songwriter. Appease us, yeah. Uh, we have a variety of cheeses. <laughs> that, that's that's a stretch. And it's a very like it, it. It got very, but there, and there's more to worship music than just the content. There is yeah. like a, I, I believe, like you're accessing some something other. And same thing for country music or whatever. You're accessing something that's emotional and not just cognitive. Yeah. So I, I can buy that. You know. Um, I mean, you know, I was doing uh, music for a Christian school yesterday in their chapel. And, you know, there's something about how he loves. I mean, like, it's, yeah. no, the verses are very poetic, you know, and right. even, even controversial for people. So yeah. it says a lot, you sloppy know. Sloppy wet. Yeah, you get you in. Sloppy wet or unforeseen? I went unforeseen. Because it was kids. It was a Christian school. Sloppy wet, and, you, you get know. giggles. I think sloppy wets, you know, I used to make fun of sloppy wet, but I got to be honest with you, I think that, that probably the way the guy wrote it, I mean, there is something like, look, I give my kid. Sloppy wet kisses well, on her forehead. You know it's what I'm not saying? about like, a sloppy wet kiss. It's about when heaven meets earth, like a but sloppy wet kiss. But it is. It's kiss. saying like that this is this is a real relationship is what yeah. I was trying to say. And so, but I kind of collision. I kind of poo pooed it from an artistic standpoint, you know, over time. But th- as I've gotten a little more attuned, I think, to what grace is all about and really how reckless and um, controversial grace really and is. And frankly sloppy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, mm. like I, I think the fact that we're all too good for a sloppy wet kiss, I think I've, I was probably wrong about that, but I still sing unforeseen because I wasn't going to communicate all that to the not elementary too good, kids. Not too good for a sloppy wet kiss is my new country song. <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. That's the one we're going to write. <laughs> uh, not too good. The hard part about writing the cliche song is it's actually all been written. Yeah. Like, if you go down to Music Road, like, those of you listeners who don't live in Nashville, is it, so I have some meetings occasionally down in, in downtown area. So I'll go down there or a hospital visit near Vanderbilt right. or whatever. And you go down Music Row, and man, and, and there's all of these... Uh, there's banners out front of each of publishing the publishing companies houses. And, and they got writer's rooms. They're literal little houses. Yeah. But out front, there's a banner, and it'll say, number one hit... In X know, Market, yeah. on X Chart. And know. it'll be the name of the song. And they're promoting their artists. And there's probably a hundred of them. Mm-hmm. Little houses, little publishing companies, and artists you've usually heard of, but yeah. writers maybe you haven't heard as much of, and they have this banner out, and they're promoting. Yeah. I mean, you, if you've been to Nashville, then you get it. If you haven't, I mean, it's a fascinating culture. And you, and, and when I go down there sometimes, like late morning, you just you see these guys with a guitar case in their hand walking into one of these little houses, and they're going in a room with an upright piano and a guitar. Yep. They're meeting somebody. And they're literally doing this. This is their job. Yeah. Like they're doing this every day. And in country, uh, and there's some amazing songwriters in country. But there is a, there is that genre of music. I think that's the one that people criticize Luke Bryan for. That really is like, how can I string together the same cliches again yeah. into a memorable melody? Because I'm really going to write about the tailgate, the time by the lake. Yeah. And you know the 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 pyramid of cans, the girl. It's going to be the like crease this, in your foot. 
et cetera. The crease in my foot. Man, I'm telling you, Johnny, yeah. it's got it's got legs. Got, Wait, you need to have it's that got, looked at. That yeah. foot's got legs. <laughs> it knows how to it use. It knows them. how to use them. <laughs> so I mean, I don't. I don't. I, I'm actually, in some ways, uh, impressed. You know that yeah. they like. I'll hear a song. Laura Pitt plays uh, some Brad Paisley for me. I just think, and he writes most of his stuff. Yeah, and I just think he's brilliant. He's very funny. He can yeah. write. He can write funny. And then he wrote, I'm sorry, country music fans, you're going to be like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. But Laura, let me hear a song about him. He's writing to, if if you go to heaven first or if I go to heaven first, I'm yeah. gonna, you know, and it was like this, dude, it was like a tear jerking type song. Like right. he's, he, there's some gifted. A lot of country songs about heaven. Yeah. And then, you know, and Sadie listens to a lot of Carrie Underwood right now because right. of the concerts, you know. So mm-hmm. I get to hear a lot of that in my house. And that's a, that's a diverse grouping of uh topics yeah so she may go from she has one song called something in the water yeah and it's basically about being baptized right you know and it talks about being washed in the blood and all this and then you know the next song on the album is we about, shouldn't be drinking alone you yeah. know and it's a it's a breakup kind of song you get to have that conversation with sadie yeah i'm like hey yeah <laughs> <laughs> Can you p- go back to the previous song? We'll just listen. Yeah, to that let's one. just put it on repeat. Eh, it's okay. I mean, it's, you know, she's going to hear stuff. So. <laughs> listen, I'd rather hear it at the house. <laughs> we do have conversations about it, actually. Then we smoke crack together. <laughs> I, I don't want her to get it at school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I'm so like not, and it's, it's sad. I don't. There are certain things about drug culture, like, I don't even know how they work. Like, Yeah, remember when we were kids and there'd be those after-school specials, and I thought I was going to get offered drugs every day. I never got offered drugs one time. No, I think I just put off a vibe of self-righteousness. I'm like, don't offer him drugs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, He's I, a narc. I do think one time someone asked me if I wanted some marijuana or something. Oh, wow. One time at, like, some cornfield party when I was young, I was, and I felt guilty. You were like, how dare you? Yeah, it was, it was very... <laughs> Was very much like. Did you bind them? I, I bind you. I think probably they got the look, and I was yeah. never asked again. Uh, I and I went to UT. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a, I went a, to the in, in the nineteen nineties. Tennessee yeah, there was, was a lot the, of weed. Was the number one party school in the country. Yeah. I guess there were magazines. You brought that down. The, this, you right. brought down the curve. By or the whatever. time I left, it was like number six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is dragging us down? Yeah. It was me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I just, I just don't. Yeah, I just thought I was going to offer drugs all the time. I remember a funny story too about getting into comedy. My buddy Darren Strebelo used to tell this story about how when he started doing comedy in the clubs twenty years ago, you know, he'd been married a couple of years, and he's just like he knew the lifestyle, and he just prayed to God, like God keep me safe. I know there's going to be women, and it's just this is that thing. I'm going to be alone in hotels, and there's going to be women. You know, because I'll have gone on stage and killed, and it's just there's that control over a crowd. It's just it is a thing. It's, a, and he says, you know, in 20 years, not one time, <laughs> didn't need that prayer, <laughs> or God was as good as His word to answer that prayer because yeah. no woman has ever thrown themselves at me because of my comedy. <laughs> and it's just so funny to hear like, him say that. I love it. Like never once, not even close. Yeah. Turns out I'm the big brother of stand up comedy. <laughs> That's me too. I think I'm always like, you remind me of like my funny uncle or, you know, like I have just enough yeah. extra weight on me that I'm not like, oh, that guy. <laughs> like I just have, I have like 30 pounds of keep me married weight. <laughs> no one's slipping me a room key, John. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You know, in, in, in all seriousness, and Laura and I talk about that because I think in our 
in our world and line of work, you do come across as a as a counselor, as a pastor, there are plenty of times that there's infidelity in marriage. Mm-hmm. And she and I always talk about like like it, it's it's not that so let's be really clear. All of us are, are able to fall, to Yeah, stumble, yeah, that's the thing there. is you realize yeah. you're not immune to it. You yeah. have to realize that. You're not. It's just that I'm always it's not it's, so it's completely not meant in any sort of self righteous way. I'm really curious in some ways, like it's not like you just one day go yeah. meet up at a hotel There's steps. with a girl. Yeah. Like, like steps what are the it. steps and when did that start happening? Uh-huh. And, and when, what was so, and I think, you know, when we do, when we talk about marriage to people, there really is like a lot of subtle, it, it, a marriage dies, you know, a lot of deaths through paper cuts, uh, yeah. just unresolved. You know, I don't think, I don't think I spoke that aphorism appropriately. I don't either. <laughs> Death by a thousand cuts. That's, I think yeah, that's what you're going yeah, for. Something like that. Something about a foot crease. <laughs> No, let me say before I wrote Death that of a thousand foot creases. <laughs> so you take the paper to the bottom of the foot. Oh, it's the worst spot. Just like, just like Shakespeare said. But no, I, I think that there's like that. Th- there is, I think, an, an, a, des- a decision to put off a vibe before mm-hmm. there's ever a decision to, to cheat. And I do think it's not just good looking people who cheat. I think that's also a misnomer. Like yeah. that's, that's not the case. And you don't always cheat with a better looking person than no. you have either. Sometimes it's... Yeah, it's a million things. And that's what the five love languages kind of opened that mindset up to people. I know people who aren't even Christians who believe in that book, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Tons of people. Yeah. And they'll say, oh, no, this is huge. This is, it's like their gospel of their marriage. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they don't understand that it comes from biblical. Well, you know, all truth is God's truth. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like this thing of, but they'll talk about how, you know, if you don't learn to speak your partner's love language, Someone who does speak that language to them is more likely to catch their eye. Yeah. Like if you, you know, if you're like, well, I cook him this meal every day and blah, blah, blah. But if his language is physical touch and you're this person who never does PDA and you're just very withdrawn. Yeah. And then, you know, some lady at the water cooler touches his arm one day and it just starts down this thing and then he opens up to her and then, you know, it's like this weird thing. It's steps. Yeah. And so it's why it's important to know how you receive love and how your partner receives love. Right. And important to guard yourself to realize when you're emotionally connecting yeah. in a way that you can't. Or then, sharing stuff that's like private stuff. That's the other yeah. thing is like the emotional affairs that people have mm-hmm. where it's like, you're like, yeah, we had a fight last night. And you, sometimes you're, I think some of this could happen maybe even in a life group setting at church where you think you're sharing, but you're sharing something that's like this deep thing that maybe you shouldn't be sharing without the partner's consent. Yeah. And then somebody's like, oh, I had the same thing happen to me. Then these two people who are in perceived dead marriages, they connect sure. with each other. I think that's you got to be a little bit careful. With. Yeah. What we try to do to, to really help with that is is uh, we split into men and women every other week. Yeah. And so that if you are talking about it, and then we deal with the marriage stuff with the couple together. Um, I mean, there have been some beautiful things that I never would have thought mm-hmm. would have worked where we widened the circle on some very serious things. Um, and my wife and I included like that's, there's been things that we've struggled with that in the past, you know, we both feel like we have the wisdom or the insight just to kind of deal with it and work through it. And we kind of decided like, you know, I think God's ways work and we're, we're really promoting that this is a part of God's ways is to widen the circle to trusted people. That's the key here. You right. Know, the key is it's not, not sharing your dirty laundry with everybody, but find people that right. you know are going to like have your best interests at heart. And who say who who? And I'm going to use a word here. Who is just the right one? They 
covenant to the same end game as you. Yeah. They believe that community is God's tool yeah. for life transformation. Right. They don't just believe we're going to get together and share. I'm going to give you my best advice. Like they're, they're working on how to receive that information. Yeah. They're working on, uh, searching God's word with it. They're working on what to do with it. Cause they, that's that shared mutual belief yeah. is, is, is really the key, um, for it working. Cause I can, I've always, and there are people who just overshare, yeah. you know, but to say, no, right us together i'm saying hey i'm not offended number one if you saw a problem if you came to me because we said we would do this uh-huh. i'm actually should be offended if you don't um and then two i'm i'm trusting you're not just going to throw if you don't know you're going to say i don't know let's go find the answer together you're yeah. not just going to sit here and try to make me feel better though yeah. that we hope that happens that you feel better but we're going to go we're going to go through this together yeah and we don't have an exit strategy like we're not just doing this. You come in, you know. We talk about it. Yeah, there and, should be a vault too. Like uh, that. Yeah, that people know it's not leaving the circle or whatever. Uh, my buddy Peter calls it. Uh, he has a buddy. He calls it mutually assured destruction. Kind of like the old Cold War. Yeah. Where we each got missiles pointed at each other. Like right. Uh, this is going in the vault. Like if any of this stuff gets out, it's mutually assured destruction. Yeah. So like I can tell him about anything, you know. And so I think there's there's people like that you need in your life. Absolutely. I do think that it doesn't, and we do encourage people never to make the promise that you won't tell. Yeah. Like what you're basically saying is, is I need to share something with you. You, and, and Oh, like if it means like I'm hurt, going to hurt myself. Well, or, that's, that's the extreme of it, and that's just the law. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I won't, if, if you're going to, you know, if you're a danger to yourself or to others, then that's a promise I can't make. That's just something we always say. But I think even beyond that, there are times where you're going to share something with me and at, and hey, I can I tell you something you promised not to tell? Yeah. And what what we really want to say is, and this is everybody. That's why we don't want you ever saying that. What you would say is, hey, um, no, I won't make that promise because what I have promised first is that me and you together are going to do what's best for one another. So what I promise is, is I won't do anything that surprises you. Yeah. I promise I won't do anything in the dark. But if you're about to tell me that you're you have a, let's just use an example, you have a major substance abuse struggle yeah. that you're not necessarily going to die from or hurt somebody from, but you're going to be enslaved to it. And you're asking me to keep it a secret while you stay enslaved to it. What you need for me to do is to widen this circle. And we've agreed, we've agreed that we're going to do what's best. Yeah. Same kind of thing with gossip. It's, 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 it really is a gossip killer. Um, and this is a hard one, but this is a culture that we're trying to move into is like, if someone comes to you and says, Hey, I need to tell you something about Johnny. I need you not to tell anybody. Don't make that. Don't make that deal. Right. Be like, hey, here. You Let's can, go to Johnny together. Right, you can tell figure me this out. Yeah. And if they said, oh no, I can never go to Johnny. Then the really, if you want to go extreme, the right thing to do is is what we think the right thing to do is is you say, well, here's the deal. Obviously, there's something going on with you and Johnny, and I want to give you 48 hours to go talk to him. I think he, I know him. I know he'd want to hear from you. On this, this feels like a real world example. I need to know what who what somebody has on me. And here's the deal: if you don't go in 48 hours, then yeah. mean then I'm going to go. And I'll bring him to you. Like, so what I'm not going to do, though, is sit here and let you just have this and us yeah. not deal with it, you know. Right. And I think that there's there's reasonable, yeah. you know, hey, it may be that it needs Individual to wait, basis, it needs to wait yeah. a week because I'm working this out. But yeah. I promise I'm going to go to him. I just got to work it out. I'm not gossiping. I'm trying to seek counsel on the best way. That, that's different than just. Yeah. And, and Johnny, I can't tell any people come to me about you. Uh, well, a lot of them are our callers and I have one on the line right now. I'm, <laughs> 
<laughs> Caller one. Uh, all the lines are flashing. All over the here. lines are flashing. We don't have one of those things. No. Right? Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? We just go to people. We do have an antique typewriter in here. Our lie detector revealed that was a lie. We just have a whole thing, just like Maury. <laughs> We're now going to bring in Johnny's real brother. It's interesting because like, lie detectors are really just detecting how nervous you get right. when questions are being asked to you. Yeah. And we've derived that that means but they're not even admissible in court. And yet we have whole talk shows. They still do them. Like in federal inquiries, they do lie detector tests because it can kind of lead you down a path of... He might have been being, but but liars who are really good at it can pass lie detector tests. Yeah, but you got to be people, like CIA trained. No, to no, I think I think you can take drugs and do it. There's like there's like online hacks oh, that I. But we don't know how to take drugs. We don't know how to take drugs because no one ever offered them. And that's why I can't pass any of the lie detectors. These after school specials were right on. They, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's interesting. I thought that they. You I'm just saying, like, if you go in and you're calm, let's say you've taken some substances and you're very calm, then they're like, you're like, did you steal the money from the register? And you're like, no, man. <laughs> like, I think you're not going to be a blip. You're just going to be high. I think like you just stereotyped the guy no, who robbed. No, man, I didn't take No, that, man. man, I didn't do nothing, man. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know if I can tell this story. Okay. Just do it and then we'll edit it. I have to. So, the uh, speaking of robbing a register, so the alarm went off at church the yeah. other day. And do you know I, that it went off the other day when we came in together? You went into the bathroom. I walked down the hall to go to the other bathroom because we were going to podcast here, and I heard the beep, and I realized you're in there, and there's no way you can get to it in time. You didn't hear it because you're the fan so loud. You just got in your car and ran. I, I said, you know. this is it. This is how it goes down. No, I punched in my old code and it worked. Yeah, it's still the system. I didn't realize that. Yeah. God, you know what? I could, I could get away with so much. Yeah. Well, you're putting in your code, which is the idea. We could go back and look and see it was you. I, I don't. I mean, what I are you going to get away I, with? I could have given my code to millions of people. We don't know. Well, then we'll still blame you. <laughs> you're yeah, the security breach. I don't think, again, there's so much about criminality that we don't. But I know your social number, too. It's your social, so. You know my social? Yeah. You don't know my social. Uh, <laughs> Watch, watch your back, driver. If you knew my social, I challenge you to say it right here on the air. No, I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> I'll just edit it out. Let's there's, see. There's a four. Oh, yeah, there is a four. Okay. And I know your social. You memorized my social. No, I don't know your social. I don't know. <laughs> I think I watched you punch it in one day. And I kind of you mean you know away. the last four numbers of my social? That's what I mean. Okay, by the way. That's all I need to get into. There is not the, a four in the last four There's numbers. not? No. Oh, okay. You're way off. You're going to come in here and try to guess one day. Anyway, anyway, go ahead. There was a cop car out front when I came up, and the alarm was going off. So yeah. I walked to the other door, yeah. and you know their windows are really, really tinted. So I just figured they were sitting in there, and didn't really think about it. So I walk in and turn this off. Yeah, I turn it off, and I walk to my office, and dude, they're downstairs clearing the building. Oh wow! And so now you're in the building, I'm looking in the like building, you were the burglar. And so for a moment, they thought I was the burglar. Wow! And they did they draw on you? They were drawn when I came by. And it, it they was, drew guns on you? Well, they were clearing the building. They were doing their job. He was oh, so, so nice. Oh, my gosh. But he goes, hey, stop. And I was like, I looked down, and there's a gun, and it's down at the bottom of the steps. And, and you like, had your gun. No, you didn't. Thank God I didn't. And I put my arms, my hands up. I was like, hey, don't shoot. I'm one of the pastors, you know. And he was so nice. He was and like, he'd already shot. I think in his mind, he no. was, then, then he thought, he was, it was just so great. He thought, 
he was protecting me then. He was. He was like, all right, everything's fun. I just need you to come down the steps really fast. Because in his mind, someone's in the He's building. Get behind me, and yeah, then we'll and go together. So, yeah. yeah, I had to show him my ID and everything when I came down. So you know, it was so. a false alarm. It was a well, yeah, it was a false alarm. Well, what happened? What, what caused it to go off? We just don't know. The front door was locked but not latched, uh, and it was that real windy day, and it blown the door open. So yeah, hmm. yeah. So I remember when the remember when the movies came out, Paranormal Activity, where like people's like you, the stuffs in your house, ghosts yeah. are in your house, yeah. And it was one of those things that looked like found footage, like a live, like, oh, my God. There's, like, people are in bed, and then, like, something moves under the covers. You're like, ah, I wanted to do a thing like that, but it's like, it was just a branch blowing against the shutters. And then you normal activity. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's what that was. The door just blew open. It was right. normal activity. Normal. Not yeah. paranormal. Yeah. I mean, the guy was so nice. And I was glad he was in the building doing, doing it. It was really nice. But, but that's scary. Have a, for a second. Have you, have you ever had a gun drawn on you? No. Not that I know Did it make your heart rate kind of, hey, now? You know what? It caused me, I don't think my heart rate came up per se, (laughs) but I found myself not able to speak regularly for a little bit. Okay. Like, it caused my- An intensified- Yeah. A heightened sense of yourself. I came down, and normally I'd be a little more jovial, but we walked out together. He was like, man, you have a beautiful church. And I just, I was like- like, Yeah, I almost died today. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I was just like, mm, "Thanks." Like, yeah, I was. I was wow. very like non. I was processing. I was like, "Okay, I'm processing this." You know, he didn't like point directly at me or anything, but he had a gun in his hand and, and told me not to. You know, so That's, it was yeah, it was great. So I'm assuming I could say this. I don't think it's a problem. No, I think it's. I think it's great. I think I did his job. I'm glad he's in my church and was. We, That's we what they're supposed it. to do yeah. is come check it out and yeah. And so uh, they did. You know, it makes me want to wear a suit to the office. I Do don't they think have I, a key or something to the building? No, the front door was open. Oh, it was wide yeah, open. Yeah, so they came in, saw the front door open, alarms going off, and they were like, oh, man, you know, so they started clearing the, the each floor. So, and, uh, yeah, there you go. But, uh... You survived, man. That was something. Yeah. We have such... We live such a first world, like... You know, people in this world, like, they just live in violent situations yeah. and... and Terror. I think about the people who have to flee their country literally because their kids yeah. are not safe. They're going to be forced into the drug cartels work or into prostitution, other things, you know. We really don't have, most of us, an idea, you know, of what. Yeah. If I had to take Sadie and Laura on foot and leave Nashville yeah. because we're that much in danger, it just terrifies me to think about that and that there's just another dad out there just like me. That's what he's got. That's, that's the best decision he had to make, you know. Yeah. And our our greatest you know insecurities that we deal with are when somebody is keeping us more secure. We happen, right. we happen to walk through you know. So I mean it's okay. I just I just man my heart you know just thinks about that. That's a reality yeah. for a lot of people in this world. So why do that, you think you would have to flee on foot? Exactly because I could afford got, a car. You oh yeah, but, yeah, but I'm saying if you had to flee now, you've got. If I had a co- yeah, I mean now. I even have you've a got good- a you've even got a plan. You probably got a file in your computer about what you need to do if and when it all goes down. I don't, John. Do you, am I supposed to have one? Your of Your past is going to catch up with you one day. Wow. And you and Laura and Sadie are going to need to get so far away from here. And I'm not covering for My you. My real name is not John Driver. I'm not covering for you this time. I've been living in witness protection. What kind of person are you to be committing all these crimes? <laughs> The wind blew the door open. Sure, John. Sure it did. That's why you took a couple big screens with you. 
on your way out. Well, you can only get like a hundred dollars. Perfect crime, wouldn't it? Big screens are so cheap now. That's true. It's not that big. I go into Walmart. I'm like, wow. I would. Why would I even steal? There's not a lot in this church that would be worth stealing. Honestly, right. If anyone's listening, who would rob us? Just know, not outdated. You're just saying like your electronics. You got a lot of nerve. What are you going to take? Like can park hand lights? You have to take apart the digital board in the back. It's worth a lot of money. What's it worth? But who? Those don't hold. The value, though, because they bring the next one out every year. What so are you, it's a like, black market board dealer? Like, how do you know they don't hold the value? You don't know anything about <laughs> hey it, kids, Johnny. Hey, kids, you need a soundboard? <laughs> I open my trench coat. There's like USB drives. He's and... got an old van. So the kid's like, how much you want for it? About three grand. I 30, don't have that kind of 32 money. 32 channels, kids. <laughs> Get you some of this. It's got phantom power. And, and it's a power supply. Oh, man. It's going to take you to the next level, kids. It's like maybe what if there's like a church black market? Like that's where churches yeah. get their boards is from other guys who stole them from other churches, you know? I'm telling you. It's out there. <laughs> he's like a, he comes in. He's wearing like a Gideon suit. You know, yeah. he's not your normal, you know, robber. And he's like, hey, I, I lifted this from First Baptist. You know, second sells Baptist. It, sells it to second right. Baptist. They're like, ah, they get this great deal. Steals it from it. Victory Baptist, sells it to defeated Baptist. <laughs> Remember when there used to be a Victory Baptist church in every city? We always yeah. used to say that. We're over at Victory Baptist right across the street uh, from defeated Baptist. <laughs> it was a split. We have defeated them. Yeah. <laughs> we were able to have played It was a second. huge battle. We did And whoever some... wins gets to keep victory. They have to like... <laughs> They play a game of Red Rover that extends all day. It's like capture the flag. The other, the other church has to name. be defeated Baptist. Oh my! We're gonna, we're gonna. If they believed in gambling, they would roll dice to see who gets to. You yeah, know. It's, it's like, like free will. Like I just did a conference for called D six, and it's like rock that, paper that, steeple. That denomination is <laughs> rock paper steeple. <laughs> Open the doors. Here's all the people. Uh, but they're, they're free will Baptists, and I always thought free will Baptist is an interesting name for denomination. Like the other, like all other Baptists are like automatons, <laughs> robotic. None of the rest of you. Thank you for coming will. to our church. <laughs> Welcome. Forget this. I'm going to free will Baptist. Free will Baptist. I preached in a free will Baptist church one time. Yeah, I know a lot of I know a lot of free will Baptist pastors yeah. now from doing these conferences and great yeah. folks. Yeah. And uh, so I mean them. I mean them no harm. <laughs> <laughs> So oddly enough, this is, I don't know, you, you might remember this story. Yeah. So when I decided it, uh, I needed to marry Laura. Like, you needed to I, marry like, Laura. This is like, my life is going to vastly improve by by, yeah. by being married to Laura. Well, you weren't wrong. Yeah, no, I was not wrong. I've been right about that every day since. And like, it was a, like, she was willing to marry me and I needed to move quickly. Yeah. Like before she figured out that this wasn't, you've right. seen the photos. Yeah. There was no reason right. that besides God himself and his grace that this mm-hmm. was going to happen. And so I thought, well, I needed to buy her this ring because that's what you do, Johnny. I don't two know if you m- two know months this. salary. Right. But you didn't really have a salary. <laughs> Michael Scott, what do you say? You know what they say? Two, three two, years three salary. Three years salary, yeah. <laughs> Why? You think she's not going to like it? No, she'll love it. Um, and so I needed to, I needed to, to come up with, I won't tell you how much. Should I say how much? I don't know. It's not going to matter. It doesn't matter. It was a lot. It was a lot for me back then, but it wouldn't be a lot for most people today, you know. And so I went home and I prayed and I was like, all right, Jesus, I don't have any money. 
I'm on full scholarships. My college is paid for, but that's how I lived. So I you lived. prayed that Jesus would produce a diamond. How prosperity gospel are you? I, said, I was like, Lord. It's like a Benny I, Hinn I, prayer I, if I, ever I, there was one. And what I'm going to do is this, is I'm going to walk into I'm going to cast a seed. I'm going to break into this other lady's house. And if you choose to that's provide, right. Right. then let there be a diamond ring there. Mm-hmm. No, And so, you're going to say the wind blew the door open. Right. And the wind the blew the door. House. It was a false alarm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take it to the church black market. So um, I, I said, Lord, if you want me to have this... If you want me to propose now, then yeah. let me come with the money. You know? Sure. So I went home and had an old car. It was a 1988 Plymouth Sundance with a cracked block <clears throat> in the back of the and yard. Crease in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well have. I washed it, <clears throat> vacuumed it out because it would start still. Mm-hmm. Put it out in the front of the yard yeah. with a sign on it. It sold it in a day. Wow. For like 350 bucks. Gone. Right. You know. My dad had his old car was there. It was an old like 1985 Audi. And I went, washed it, waxed it, cleaned it up. It still started somehow. I got it started, yeah. I think. Put it out in the front yard, sold it for like $500. Boom. And then it, someone called out of the blue. It was like summer. Someone called out of the blue and said, hey, uh, there's a revival. Okay, Johnny, I'm, uh, be honest, I'm a preacher, but at that point, I don't have a pastoral job or anything. Yeah. I'm just a college kid, who, right. a Sunday school teacher kind of guy, you know. Um who would speak occasionally. I don't know why or how. I think it was a family member. They didn't know I was doing this. They were like, hey, there's a free will Baptist church up in like Jolton, uh-huh. I think, that they have a revival. And we suggested you as the speaker. And I was like, what? And so they were going to pay me. It was a small little church. I went up and they paid me like, you know, 400 bucks or something, um, which was crazy. Now you're in ring money. And I had, within the time, and there was a few other things that happened, within like a week, yeah. I had all the money I needed for the ring. And I was like, so I went and bought the ring. And uh, that's how, but free, that's when you said free will. That's what that's how that uh, reminded me. That was the time I spoke in free you will. You started your church. own revival. Let me tell you, no, no, no. They ended. They actually ended the night early. So they were like, <laughs> they're <laughs> like, you killed the revival. <laughs> Remember our friend Rusty used to call it survival. Survival. Uh, we've been in survival for like three months. It now. is because yeah, when you work at the church, it feels yeah. like that. You're just oh, like, yeah. How long is this going to go on? Yeah, yeah. Nightly church services. Yeah. See, Johnny, every day we should be being the church. When I first moved here to take the job cleaning the church here, we had revival services. We had uh, Bobby Bowen. Wow, you had just taken the job, yeah. He was here all week that week. And I was actually st- still doing like all my correspondence work to get my ministry credentials. Yeah. So I was working all night, yeah. cleaning the church all day because we had services at night. Wow. And uh, he was here doing his end times uh, theology, eschatology. eschatology, yeah, it's a big chart, huge of the chart. beginning of time all the way to the end of time. Yeah, it was all like, and it was huge. It would go all the way across the edge of the stage. Yep, and um, yeah, Bobby Bowen. Yeah, so that was my first week on the job. He here. passed away last year. Yeah, yeah, he was a good dude. He was, and it was Andrew's, Andrew and and Terry's uh, pastor in Crossville for years and years. So yeah, but I can't believe that's when you started. So yep, you st- Cause we week. didn't do, we have never done like revivals here, but that was like, well, that was kind of like, this our, is my guy. Yeah, We're going to bring, his, if they were going to bring yeah, in somebody, it would be his him. old pastor. Yeah. And he was doing that a lot and, and had a lot of knowledge about end times and stuff, you know? So, but, uh, interesting. Yeah. That's a, that's a flashback. And the, the big funny thing was, and he was, he was a, he could be a funny guy is because we are a coffee shop church always have been in there's coffee stains yeah so people come in late he hated people coming in late too right so people are coming in late with a coffee in their from hand from the cafe and he finally stops after like the second night and goes this is the drinkingest church I've ever been to in my whole life yep and so we all laughed real hard you know and then they called him Papa Bear I think they yeah. called him 
And so later on, somebody took a bear from like build a bear and we took the clip from the audio of several things of him speaking. Yeah. The other one we said was tattoo crap. Yeah. The biggest, he goes, let me tell you something, young people. The biggest rage today is all of this tattoo crap. (laughs) So one of the arms, one of the hands, if you pushed it said tattoo crap. And the other one said, this is the dragon's Dragon's church. Church. And we had, he had a little chart. We we made, Roy made the little chart. Replica right behind him. He had a little pointer and sits in Andrew's office today. Papa bear. Little teddy bear that says it actually has Pastor Bowen's voice. Pastor Bowen's voice. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That's cool. That's the kind of stuff that we do. We're weird. We've done a lot. We've we've wasted some. And we he showed it to Bowen several times after that. He thought it was funny. That's part of the deal. We don't do things usually that don't honor someone. They're they're in on the joke. You know, I thought the other day about because we told some stories like the dog that peed on the purse and all that. You know, I have those tracks. We could play. We could play. You know the one I thought of that I thought would be funny to play. Is we used to take these Bolivia trips, and Johnny and I would always write a song. Oh, I'd be terrified, embarrassed. And we recorded one of them. Oh no, we recorded. Uh, um, I can't remember. Not the rap. It. it was the song. The rap was a reprise. Yeah, the reprisal of that hook. Uh, don't flush paper down the toilet. Yeah, because you don't flush in Bolivia. The 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 sewer infrastructure is not good there. Do you think we should play? Don't no, we? I don't want to play. That. You don't want to hear it. No. But we're teasing I, right now, the listener. We can say some of the words. Bolivia, your streets are filled with congestion. You, you have, have street, street signs, signs but they, they are merely suggestions. Because people drive like crazy people there. It's insane. Yeah. You can drink the water only if you will boil it. You can use the banyo. But don't flush paper down the toilet. Yeah. This is a songwriting episode, Johnny. <laughs> a lot of people say our verses are poetic. I don't understand why you would want to keep this. You're really ashamed of your it's, past. No. And it's a really cheesy track that I did in GarageBand. Yeah. It had like a... Not like the cheesy no. track we did in GarageBand for the commercials I just did. Didn't you play a little solo on this one? You did. Oh, my goodness. We got to play it, man. You, you have it. it in front of you? I think so. Hold on, hold on. Let's put it at the end of the episode. No, we got to do it right it's now. Like, no, it's a good thing to make people listen to the end. But it, we're, we're nearing the end already. Oh, okay. Johnny, we're nearing the end. <laughs> <laughs> Our own end times. Here, let me pull it up. Stand by. Oh, my God. you were driving me On your roads, I was scared of more than just your that's a little. And we have to leave, but our hearts are here to stay. I love the triangle. Bolivia, you'll always be our amore. Bolivia, your streets are filled with congestion. And you have street signs, but they are merely suggestions. You can drink the water, but uh-huh. only if you will boil it. Son, you better boil it. You can use the baño, but don't flush paper down the toilet. Solo. Here we go. Oh, it's so good. We like to stay, but it would cost a million Bolivianos. But with the exchange, that's only $14 American. That's just insulting to their economy, frankly. drive anywhere you want You don't even need a license. Just take a look at Pastor Andrew. Yeah, because he was driving there without a license. I remember that. And you have street signs, but they are merely suggestions. You really build a song, garage. John, you know how to build a song, buddy. Tell you something. 
I think we repeat the course. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, it's built even more. Bringing in the tambourine now. John, you know how to make a song work. Guys, it's, it's about layers. Why didn't this chart? <laughs> don't we go to the toilet here at the end? We go to Oh, a little minor. Johnny, I'm sorry. Wait. I thought we added like a flush thing at the end of it. I swear I remember a flush. <laughs> that would have been too much, Johnny. We wrote That's a song over the top. about toilets. You can't but... put a flush in. Now it's too no. real. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah, that was, uh, that was something. Embarrassing <laughs> from our past. I'm proud of that solo. That was a tasty little solo. And that was a little MP3 I pulled in, so I know the quality is not great but that's what i have so. yeah i was remembering john we wrote that there and then john played it on his qwerty keyboard he played because there was some program where you could play certain keys of your keyboard and it would act like a controller it's called keyboard typing yeah so like so a, all the little synth was you playing it on your qwerty keyboard yeah, I, played I don't it know how you did it on the laptop keyboard so like a j was a c or a k was a d and then that doesn't even make <clears> why well, I, just, a c I, didn't, be a I didn't c i didn't have a uh midi keyboard with me for some reason yeah and so that was just because easier. we were in bolivia john that's why no i made this at home i think we we wrote the song performed it live and then andrew i think wanted us to do it oh, for okay. church or have a track for you know what did it go behind one of the videos or something maybe yeah maybe and we needed it then so we recorded it when we got home, but the deal was, I knew once I just got it all down once, and of course your MIDI, I'm, yeah, you I'm, I'm MIDI editing, it. then I just looped it all, so yeah. And then you came in and recorded a live guitar with a microphone, so yeah. Wow. That was, I, why somebody. didn't that chart? I don't, I don't know, man. I tell maybe you. Maybe because it was... Creativity is a dish Had a ton served. of inside jokes and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could be one of those people down on Music Row. You know, we, we could. Just, we wrote flush paper down the toilet. Don't flush paper down the toilet, and I put the pee in your picnic. That's so, nice. It's a lot of bathroom. A lot humor. of bathroom. Yeah, humor. that's kind of our. Sorry, church. Yeah, that's what we are. But that's uh, okay. No, it was fun though. We used to really enjoy again. The inside jokes are what made it so much fun. When you're well, that's how mission trips trip. are. You yeah. get all these fun little moments that are kind of preserved in time and the song you just kind of list those things and people are like yeah that was yeah. and it's a cool way to preserve it plus practically it was a good reminder for everyone please don't, don't flush, flush paper, paper down the toilet i was i was privy in an assist i assisted one time on helping to unclog a oh, sewer line no. uh in bolivia that was not that don't was do not it. okay you don't yeah. want to do that yeah don't flush it no i don't want to unclog a sewer line in any country mm -mm. But I, I didn't, I especially did Maybe not like it. Maybe things are better there now. Do you think you can flush there now? Have you heard? I don't think so. Still. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't it probably depends upon, I don't know. I don't think so. Mm. I wouldn't do it. Okay. I wouldn't do it. So you can, listen guys, you can clog toilets in any country. Maybe we have listeners in Bolivia though. Maybe there's areas in Bolivia like, how dare you? I no, flush. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to insult. We're just doing what we were told. Yeah. We were told don't do it. Yeah. Because we're going to, it's going to back up the plumbing. And yeah. We're going to waste a bunch of time of the mission trip actually working on the house here. Right. You don't want that. No. We want to help people. We want to help people. And clogging a toilet does not help anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah it's timely advice. <laughs> so it's, it's the thing to thank God for. If you flush, if you routinely flush paper down your own toilet, you're like, that's something I didn't think to be thankful for. Yeah. You really do take that for granted. You're welcome, listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And next time you do it, you should be thankful. I mean, 
There really are a lot of things. I mean, you should feel relief already, but then the extra relief of you just walking, by the way, to the refrigerator, if you have a refrigerator water dispenser and just getting yeah. clean water out of the door. And if you don't, that's fine. It's been filtered. Why wouldn't you? They're, yeah. they're great. So that's, we have a lot of great things. You know, I really do think, I was thinking about that scripture this morning that says uh, one um, can put a thousand to flight. That's good. It says, that's not the one I was thinking uh-huh. of, though. It says, uh, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer while another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Mm-hmm. And it's talking about that counterintuitive. Right. You think if you give it all away, it'll be gone. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the principle, and it's not a give so you can receive type scripture. It's just saying someone who, in my opinion, what it's saying is like a, a the actions of generosity, the, the sowing and reaping of it, yeah. you know, produce a lot. And I think growing all the richer is not just financially. I think there are a lot of people that, there, there is, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but when, my point of all that is, is when we talk about things like this, things to be grateful for, things, whether it's where we live, um, I don't want to be just found, I think gratitude lends itself to taking more action towards generosity or towards yeah. justice, towards, imp- you know, being a part of improving or being a part yeah. of, of helping people who don't have that, you know, yeah. and, and not just sitting back going, well, I'm glad I got that, you know. Well, and honestly, the thing on mission trips that's so amazing is that you learn more from way more from the culture that you're in yeah you're not like we're here to be the great wide hope like it's never that it's no. always like you learn so much about yourself and not just what you take for granted but you learn like what you sh- what you can do without and what you're like like i remember being at a table because we didn't have wi-fi for the whole week and remembering these rich conversations that we had yeah and then going back to my phone at the end of the week and just being like it's like taking on this thing that you're enslaved to almost because you realize, man, we used to live a life like this. We would sit around the table and because we couldn't just look at our phones all day, we had these rich conversations. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Yeah. And uh, so you learn you learn f- from that lack comes good things. Yeah. You know? And I do think I do think when you also see the richness of faith of brothers and sisters yeah. that you <laughs> – I don't know if it's I don't know if it's everywhere, you know, but I, I I think it's more difficult for you to conceptualize of believers in other cultures from your native location. Again, it may be true of everywhere. It may be especially true yeah. of, of us and in, in, you know who are Americans. I think in Europe and things like that, it might be more common to think of people in other cultures because you literally can get on a train in 20 yeah. minutes and be in another country yeah. as opposed to where we are. It's, it's unless you live in the border, that's, that's right. you know, more difficult. Um, cause we're so vast geographically, but I think, man, I mean, there's been a lot of people. We talked about pastor Julio before in, in Panama. Uh, you know, we, we talk about people in, in Bolivia that we've met who, um, people in Cuba, you know, our friend Fernando in Cuba, Yeah, you know, and, and you think about, you, you just realize they're they're just like me, and I know that sounds dumb. You know they were. It's not like I would have said, "Oh, they're different." You know, but they're, they're, you can't. Just... Yeah, but their biases the biases are built in until you see it. Sometimes, right? right. And they probably had theirs too. And there's you right. Know, they probably think, yeah. Who knows what they think of Americans yeah. coming over? Yeah. And the benefit of of connecting uh, both yeah. in friendship and in, in, a, in a spiritual again to, to the, towards the same goals that that connection that mutual sharing yeah. of faith. It really is one of the most encouraging things yeah. and, and eye-opening things. And, and uh, I think that's why a lot of our evangelical churches lack multiculturalism, ourself included. That's something that we pray about. We don't live in a highly diverse 
uh, city even, but diversity brings such a richness. I was thinking about that, uh, Ephesians one, that we would know what are the riches of the inheritance, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, like that. The, the, the more diverse that you realize who the God's people, they are yeah, where the, they're part of your inheritance. Yeah. They're, they're part, part of, of your inheritance. The, yeah. And it's a glorious, like it's a rich and glorious inheritance to be with people of, of faith, uh, when you're sharing those things together and sharing life together. So it's just a, it's fascinating what that does to open up your eyes. So, but anyway, hmm, interesting. Yeah. Well, now, well, that song's going to definitely, somebody's going to, that's going to run with it. Now we put that on iTunes. It's going to take off. I think this is how you two got started, actually. It was a podcast. It was a simple little something. I don't think they had podcasts. Oh, sorry. It was like 40 years ago. It was a long time. Yeah. That's not true. But, you yeah. know, I, you know, here's it the thing. It could happen. Do I think the production was awful? Yes. Do I think the song is silly? Yes. Do I think it's not going to carry past that? No. Was it too many inside jokes? Yes. But you know what? So I'm not proud of any of that. <sighs> But I'm always proud of looking back and going, oh, that was fun and yeah. an experience that we got to share, you know, kind of thing. So, because there's a lot of times, like our very first record, Scarlet Thread record, ooh, Mm-mm. like it's cringy mm-hmm. for me. The recording is cringy. The yeah. songwriting is cringy. And I did all the songwriting. Me singing on it, extra cringy. Uh, and so, like, I, I listen to it and go, ooh, you know, but <laughs> extra cringy. Yeah. Can I get that New extra from cringy? Jif. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, you look at you. But you do look at it and go, and you kind of taught me that. Like, but I can't dismiss that. That's you. You can't do what you're doing today yeah. without doing what you did. Yeah, then. you have to. Even comedy, of course. You know, you hate your first jokes, and, and but in the moment, you have to keep doing. It. That's how you build. And, yeah. And that's the thing about throwing. Like same thing with giving. Like you have to be willing to get rid of to make more. Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, if I get rid of this, what if the new stuff's not as good? Like you have to think of it as like, I have to get these out of the show to make room for the new things that are going to come. Right. It's like a box of Kleenex. You have to think like when I pull this Kleenex, there's going to be another Kleenex. Yeah. You know, I mean, eventually you get to the last Kleenex. This is a bad analogy. That uh, metaphor has its limit. I'm on my last Kleenex, John. <laughs> and the box is empty. I've been buying Kleenexes for a long time from other comedians. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, speaking of, we did not talk about uh, your driver. There's not time now. I'll share the story. Okay. But it went well. Yeah. Driver went really well. And uh, Utah's a really beautiful place. Yeah. And you talk about white people. A lot of white people in Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Even by Tennessee standards. Yeah. A lot of white people. But sweet people. And it was a ton of fun. And uh, dry bar uh, folks couldn't have been better to work with. Yeah. And I, had, I did two shows. And both of them went really well. Good. And now we wait to see when, if and when it comes out. I'm assuming it's coming out because it went well. So. Are you going to the airwaves now to call for its release? Like, are you adding dry pressure? Bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you out, Drybar. <laughs> Thanks for the great weekend. Yeah. Uh, but. No, um, they have their whole process of editing and they have people in front of me. They've done hundreds of these specials. So, yeah. Uh, when it comes out, though, I'll be sure and let everybody know and then go on their Drybar app and watch the whole thing and. Because you can will, filter on the Drybar app. You can filter by your likes and dislikes, by your likes and, and dislikes and certain yeah. material. Even if, even though it's all clean, some people don't like certain references. Right. And so. They don't. They would not want or political. Don't you can, flush paper down the toilet. They wouldn't want a toilet. No bathroom humor reference. Uh, yeah. Sometimes families. Yeah. Or on, crime humor. We've done some crime humor today. Wow, we're really edgy. We, talked we did talk about drugs, guns, and drugs. Wow. and toilets. We've done a lot. Oh my! <laughs> the trifecta. Foot creases, if you will. 
Yeah. That's <laughs> really... I don't know. We push the envelope here. Are you, you did the... Are you let me do the beginning. Can I do the ending of the show, too? Guys, we thank you so much for being our uh, listeners <laughs> and putting up with our the <laughs> nonsense. And please subscribe, leave a review. That yeah, really helps us. It does help. To get more uh, listeners. When you do that, it helps uh, iTunes to push us more and Google Play. Uh, you can find us wherever you find your podcast. So make sure you share those links out and leave a review and should tell your friends, please, because we just uh, we need all the help we can get. You can also go to Patreon. Oh, if you yeah. want to become a patron, that's how you can help us make more great content. We send out uh, routinely. We send free things to our patrons. So uh, please do that. And you can get in on that and send us your questions. And uh, we're going to be uh, here next week. And you can help, help us uh, by listening all week. Every All week. week, every week. John, just listen and thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week on Talk About That. Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.